0: that movie, I'm afraid that that, that uh, pre-service little clip there is, is building an expectation that I cannot deliver on this morning. I mean, that looks like a blast. I want popcorn and big gulps in every, in every pew this morning to just enjoy whatever that is going to be. So I'm just going to ask you right now, adjust your expectations just a little bit, just a little bit. We're going to be talking about Noah, as Peggy said. But before we get started on Noah, I think we need to do a little background. Uh, many of you, I think I've got 12 followers on social media. So you 12 know that I recently bought a, a new house. But it's not new. It was built in 1893. So it's an old, any old house owners out here? Uh, So you know, you know that when you buy an old house, you inherit the worst decisions of every previous owner. And someone's gonna inherit yours, just, just know that. But I have been uh, just addressing issues on the inside of the house and on the outside of the house and the weather's been good and so I have been able to just turn a blind eye to all the problems inside the house. I've been focusing on the outside where I see pretty instant results, really. You, you dig a shovel in the ground and you dig out some weeds and you've done something. That feels good, doesn't it? I have been addressing a rock garden now, if you've ever planted rocks, you know that they're incredibly fertile. And this rock garden is no exception. Every time I would dig in to try to get some weeds out, I would hit rock and more rock and more rock and more rock. And my little puny muscles are aching and it's hot and sweat is coming down my forehead and it's dirty, dusty sweat. and It gets in your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? It's burning. And I'm trying to wipe it off with my sleeve and my sleeve has dirt. And so I'm just wiping mud in my eyes. I'm like, this is horrible. What have I done? I thought, I know who to blame for this. It's not the previous owner, although if I could go back in time and tell them, don't plant rocks, I would. But here's who I blame, Adam. Adam. In Genesis 3, verse 17, when, when, God, when God addresses Adam's sin in the garden, he says, here's the result. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. You will eat food from it all the days of your life. And I felt like all the days of my life were slowly slipping away each time I put a shovel in the ground. Landscaping and life is hard. But the writer of Hebrews reminds us to persevere. Don't give up. Keep going. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says this, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith. And are saved. Over the summer, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter eleven, at the Old Testament men and women who did not shrink back. And the, the writer of Hebrews says this about them: he says they were tortured, they faced jeers and mockers, they were enchained and imprisoned, they were destitute, persecuted, and mistreated, but they pushed through. They kept going their fears and their doubts and their personal struggles aside they said we're not we're not giving up and hebrews 11:39 says they were all commended for their faith in the midst of life and its troubles they trusted they obeyed they persevered so if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, I encourage you to do that. We're going to, uh, we're going to jump right in after I pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these men and women of faith who are examples to us about how to live in a world that is at times difficult. God, we want to, we want to be ones who do not shrink back. We want to be ones who persevere and trust you. So as we look at Noah this morning, remind us how that works. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 11 begins this way, and I'm sure Sean and others have have read this, but we'll just read it again so you can be reminded. Hebrews chapter 11 begins this way, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. God created it. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. That's interesting, isn't it? He could not be found, the scriptures say, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, here's our verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen and holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. God declared him righteous because of his obedience. Now, if I were to ask you what you know about Noah, you would probably mention that ark. Anything else about Noah you just want to shout out? What do you know about Noah? Had three sons, good. Anyone else? This is interactive right now. I don't know if Sean does this, but this is how I operate. So you got to work with me. Anything else? This section. He had a wife. Excellent. He did. Over here. Oh, 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 you're going to bring up that? Okay, okay, we know what this section's about. How about over here? Anything, what, what do you know about Noah? He what? He floated real well? He floated real well? Yes, he did. Okay, we're going to give up on that little, inter- that little interaction right there. <laughs> How about the animals? No one mentioned animals. What about the animals? Two by two, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, those are great, interesting stories. The most, the most powerful thing about Noah's story to me is found in Genesis six eight, where it says this: Noah found favor in God's eyes. Hmm. Noah was a favorite of God. Now, there's so much in that simple verse, so today we're going to unpack just a little bit about it, but we're going to back up a little bit in Noah's life, and so we're going to start at the beginning of Noah's life, and the beginning is found one chapter over from Genesis 6 to Genesis 5, and we're going to start with his dad. His dad's name was Lamech. Lamech had been alive for 182 years, and he had a son, and he named his son Noah. Now, the Hebrew pronunciation of this has a little at the end of it. So it's Noah. Noah. Practice that. Don't spit on your neighbor, but just practice that with me. Noah. Noah. Noah is an interesting, interesting name. We'll get to that. Here's what Lamech said. Lamech named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands when we're trying to clean out those rock gardens. Caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. So Noah means comfort and rest. Do you know what your name means? My name means Timothy, Timotheos, which is honoring God. I love to know the meanings behind some names because I think it gives us an insight somehow into your story a little bit. So if you know your name, you you may find that your life sort of is is a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. I I definitely want to live in a way that is pleasing to God. Noah means comfort and rest. And this idea of rest is just sort of settling down and taking a deep breath and going, (sighs) ah. But the world in which Noah was born into was noticeably absent of peace and comfort and rest. Think about this. The world Noah was born into was a world without the Bible. It was a world without prophets who were speaking God's word. It was a world without the Ten Commandments, just sort of the basic foundational Rules about how we interact with the world and the people around us. There was no government that we can tell of, no police, there were no laws, there were no courts. Can you imagine living in a world like that? It was a world without restraint. Men and women doing exactly as they please without any thought of how it might affect others. It wasn't good. Genesis 6.6 6 says, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. We're just going to start clean. Dig it all out, and then we'll start From ground zero. But verse eight says this, our verse. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, out of all creation, one man caught God's attention. How did he do that? Well, verse nine says it this way. Noah, unlike everyone else, was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Now, when preparing for a funeral, and I do a great funeral, by the way. Keep that in mind for future reference. I would rather do a funeral than a wedding. Sorry. Funerals are great. But when preparing for a funeral, I... I like to interview the family a little bit and ask them a few questions about the departed. Um, and I ask questions sort of, that sort of prompt memories, good memories. And, and one of the things that I, I ask is, what would, let's say, Frank, are there any Franks in the room? I'm not talking about you if there are. Let's say Frank. What would Frank want people to know about him? Have you ever thought about this? What would you want people to know about you to say at your funeral? And invariably, the family will talk about, well, you know, he was a big Purdue fan or an IU fan. He was a, uh, he loved model railroads. Uh, he loved spending time with his grandkids and fishing. And those are all really, really good things, aren't they? And those would make a great service. You could talk about those stuff, those things. But, but, but I can tell you, when it comes my time and someone is asking that question, I would want people to remember me, not just, oh, Tim Thompson. Oh, he loved to travel. I do love to travel. Talk about that. Or uh, he had bad allergies. I do have bad allergies, but it's not worth the funeral. Don't talk about that. Uh, He sunburned easily. Yes, I do that as well. What I really want people to know at my funeral is, is this, that Tim, Timotheos, honored God. Tim walked faithfully With God. You see, I believe Noah found favor with God. Noah was a favorite of God because Noah sought to live in a way that pleased God. This is not rocket science. You want to enjoy the favor of God, the first step is living in a way that pleases God. Now, to be clear, we cannot earn the grace of God. God's grace is extended to everyone, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But but to enjoy the favor of God means that we live in such a way that, that we're looking for it. You know what I mean? When God spoke his plan, Noah was in a position to hear God's voice. He wasn't running from God. He wasn't living his own life. He was in a position to hear what God said. And when God spoke his plan, Noah's heart was ready to say, yes, Lord. More than just hearing it, Noah was ready to obey it. Now, that obedience would result in in perseverance. Over 120 years from the time that God gave his instruction to Noah about that ark to the time that God closed the door of that ark and the rains began to come down. 120 years that took. Now, was it because Noah was just a really bad boat builder? I don't think so. The scripture seems to say that 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 120 years was God's plan. And God intended in that time for Noah to preach and tell everyone who would listen about God's plan for the world because God, despite his regret, does not want anyone to perish. And so he was giving everyone 120 years to hear his plan of destruction and recreating the world. First Peter tells us that it was God's patience. Patience. No one responded to Noah. 120 years he preached, no one responded. But Noah stuck with it. He persevered. He didn't get discouraged. He might have, but he kept going. He persevered. When God said, build an ark, Noah's like, yes, Lord. When God says, I want, it, I want you to take your family and put your family in it, Noah's like, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord, yes, Yes. When God said, I need, you to, I need you to gather enough animals to repopulate the earth and provide food for your family while you're on board that boat. Noah says, I don't even know how to begin doing that, but I will do my best. And God says, I'll help you. I'll take care of that. You just be ready. Don't stress, Noah. I've got this. Genesis 6.22 then says that Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. His attention to obedience is what the writer of Hebrews calls, calls holy fear, fear of God. An attention to obedience. He didn't do some of what God asked. He did everything God asked exactly as God asked him to do it in a world of toil and trial i believe that this attention to obedience is what will give us an incredible amount of comfort and rest a noah a noach type of rest a noach type of rest means that that you can be living In the stream of culture. And the stream of culture right now is a raging rapid. Can I get an amen on that? You can be living in the stream of culture without being swept away by it. Can I get an amen on that? You can walk faithfully and confidently with God. Even as storms are raging and rains are pouring down and floods are coming up, you can live with this Noah type of comfort and rest, with the confidence that God is taking care of you and the people you love. Now, the rains came down, the floods came up, and and Noah and his family were safe on that ark until at some point God said, time is up, now we're going to let you out. And the ark, the scripture says, came to rest. You know what that word rest is? That word rest is Noah. The ark came to Noah on this mountaintop, a place of absolute security where it wasn't buffeted by the wind and waves anymore. And And it came to rest there. And over above it, in the skies, appeared what? A rainbow. Now, We like to think of mountains as completely unshakable. I traveled in the Alps uh, two weeks ago. It was amazing to see those solid pieces of rock, granite, the Matterhorn, thrusting up there unchanged for who knows how long, longer than me. And we think those mountains are absolutely unchanging, but God says (laughs) there's something more unchanging. There's something more unshakable than even the mountains. In Isaiah 54.10, here's what the Lord says. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on us. I love that. We're settled firmly and securely. We are experiencing noach rest right there on the mountain of God's eternal love for us. And then above us is this rainbow, a covenant, a promise that God makes with us. Last month, we had a double rainbow I was in a board meeting and someone came in and said, oh, you got to go outside. There's a double rainbow outside. About that time, my phone ding, 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 ding. Three people from the ball field. Our team was losing badly, but they still took time out of their loss to tweet and or send me pictures of this double rainbow. I tell you, seems like every time we see a rainbow double or otherwise, it's like we're seeing it for the very first time, isn't it? We get excited about rainbows. And God says that rainbow is a reminder. A reminder for us. My mom always said, that rainbow is a reminder that God will not destroy the earth by water again. It's a reminder for us, of course. But but look what God says in Genesis chapter nine, verse 15. He says, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I, God speaking, I will see it. And I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Now, there will always be people who want to explain a rainbows in terms of just light reflection or, or the, the prisms on the water droplets, but for those of us who've experienced the grace and goodness of God, rainbows will always be a bridge between heaven and earth, this covenant that God is promising something for us that, that will last forever. A Noach rest and peace, a Noach comfort. That comfort looks like this it's a rest, it's an absolute confidence in God's sense of justice. And God will not allow evil to triumph, God will not allow wrong to continue indefinitely, but God will judge. I can rest in that. It's, it's resting in God's love for us, not just his justice, but his love, because as, as, as confident as I am that God is going to judge what is wrong, God is also in, just so patient with us. He desires that none perish, and then I can rest in God's provision, because what God asks of me in obedience, God will provide for me. He is my provision. And I say, yes, Lord. And God says, now, I will provide. I will help you do what I've asked you to do. And then there's just a rest in his promises. Not just the promise to not destroy the world that way again, but just a rest that God is not going to abandon me. God is not going to leave me. God is going to stick with me. Even when I, even when I mess up, that gives me comfort and rest. A Noah, comfort and rest. And that comfort and rest is really the key for me of perseverance. You see, if Noah had given up, you and I wouldn't be here. Noah reminds me that I need to be ready and stay ready For when God speaks, for me to listen and to obey. And that, to me, is the path to a NOAC sort of comfort and rest. Trust and obey. There's an old song. Anyone remember this one? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. If you know it, sing it with me. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Just to know, just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Man, trust and obey. The world we live in is increasingly chaotic. The, the, the stream of culture is increasingly more and more turbulent. It doesn't, doesn't matter which side of the bank you're living on. The water is deep and scary, right now and people are looking for comfort they're looking for rest they're looking for some sort of confidence in, in any way they can to be, to be happy and to be, and to be in a good place and people are doing crazy stuff focusing on their own pleasure at the expense of others their children maybe they're getting a new spouse just to, try to make things better Man, people are even undergoing surgery to make them new people. And as sympathetic as I am to that desire to be in a good place and feel good about yourself and who you are, I just want to tell you in in love and compassion that the comfort and rest that you're looking for is not going to be found anywhere but in Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? It's only going to be found... In Jesus, God's favor is found when we put our trust in him. Noah found favor with God because I believe Noah was looking and living for the favor of God. We can't earn it. God is so gracious and good. But we can live in a way that God finds it easy to show us favor. But it's only found in Jesus. When we confess and address our sin and hand it to Jesus and say, Jesus, do something with this. He washes us clean. He says, I, I will begin anew with you. That's where we begin to walk with God. And we begin to experience that, noat comfort and rest. If you do not have that kind of relationship with God, if you don't really know what I'm talking about when I talk about comfort and rest, I would love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus. I'm not the only one here who can do that, by the way. There are others who can pray with you as well, but don't leave this morning without seeking the favor of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way that you love us. We're thankful for the way that you come beside us. We're thankful for the way that in in a world that is increasingly chaotic, you invite us to come under your wings and experience what it is like to be loved and cared for and nurtured and protected by the Most High God. We thank you for Jesus who made this possible. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can watch all of our video content, both current and past, on our YouTube channel? Visit youtube.com slash Sherwood Oaks to watch messages, series, and complete worship services.